Every time I start to think about fall fundraising, I think about lost opportunities. When January and February come, I am scared that I miss an opportunity to share the story of my nonprofit with the community. What else could I have done? What other thing could I be a little bit more curious about to make sure that I had the right technology or tactic that uh, would make the difference of people giving to our organization, continuing to give to our organization, or renewing uh, their giving to our organization? That puts pressure on me to improve what I did last year and try new things. Without some curiosity and risk, I worry that I will miss a new way to connect with donors. Today on our Bold Leading Podcast, we'll be exploring ways for an organization to take advantage of this upcoming fall fundraising season without stress or regret. How can fundraising succeed in the fall and not miss any opportunities and not get stressed out? I'm Dave Center from Bold Leading. This is your Bold Leading Podcast. We know life for nonprofits can sometimes get complicated and confusing. When you need a trusted friend to help you fundraise and grow your nonprofit without fear or panic, Bolding is here for you. Visit us at bolding.com today or sign up for our No Shame Strategy Call, where we help you connect with donors and grow your nonprofit. Early in my career as a fundraiser, I was mystified at how to develop a fundraising strategy or fundraising plan for my nonprofit. I read books, I talked to people, but it just seemed to be beyond my grasp at the time. I never knew where to start or how to get it done. Today, I noticed Today, I know it is as simple as a car ride. Yep, a car ride. C-A-R. When I approach a season of fundraising, you have to account for three main objectives. C-A-R. How do I cultivate existing relationship with donors? That's the C in our car. Second, we need to acquire first-time givers. That's the A in our car. And third, we need to rescue lapsing donors. That's the R in our car. Planning or fall fundraising is all about telling your story in compelling and convenient ways for your intended audience. How do we urge donors to continue or increase their giving? Sometimes I find that we are so caught up with tactics and strategy that we might forget people are on the receiving end of our efforts. Maybe I need to list all the ways my audiences or segments are being approached in the fall. What will that be? What will they be receiving from my organization? I have found in a simple Excel sheet is easiest. I listed three segments in rows. I'll want to track new donors, lapsing donors, and current donors. Then I list the events, emails, direct mail, and other communications they may receive as columns. I put a check mark in the segment row in the communications column if they will be receiving information from my organization. At a glance, I can see what information all my segments are getting in the fall. This simple Excel sheet can come in handy when you're making decisions about personalization, what events to develop, postpone, or cancel. If a donor complains about the number of mailings, I can count how many mailings they could or should have received based on their behavior. Once you've listed all the communication donors receive from you, you can now make decisions about resources. You will want to consider more than money when you're planning the fall fundraising schedule, and you'll have a ready answer for donors who complain about how much mail they're getting. First, you'll want to calculate the cost of all your communications to see if you have the budget for these activities. Depending on the size of your organization, you may have a sophisticated budgeting system, or you may be, you may, you may be the budgeting system. Either way, you want to calculate the dollars needed. When you think about budgeting, you want to look at your direct mail, events, other strategies that you're using, and do uh, as good a job you can at estimate the cost. You may look at things that you did last year or estimates that different vendors are giving this year, but you want to make sure that you're doing everything you can to get as an accurate cost uh, analysis of what you're planning for this coming year to make sure that it fits within your budget. Second, you want to ask yourself if you have the creative energy, expertise, and hours of the day to get your plan done. You want to look at each activity and decide when you will plan, prepare, and execute your activity. 
So this is about pacing. You want to make sure that you have enough energy and expertise to do the things that you want to do in, during the fall. So if you packed your fall fundraising with events and letters and newsletter, you want to make sure you have the staffing, that you have the hours, that you have the expertise to do all the things that you want to do. When you think about a newsletter, for instance, you may actually be it may actually take 90 days to, to process, to get interviews, to get articles written, to get pictures, instead of a 90-hour process over a tough week of late nights. You may need to recruit volunteers or contract certain items depending on what the lead time is for these different items you like to do. So make sure that you think about the resources you need besides money, so you think about people, expertise, the pace to make sure that you're successful this fall. Third, you want to ask yourself if the cadence of activities makes sense. Not about whether I can produce it, but whether or not people are getting things in a timely manner or maybe they're getting too much. Are you spreading out the activities so they can be manageable? The donors are getting consistent communications during the fall schedule. Do you have too many early in September or none in December? Do you have too many mailings coming out and then you're also talking about events? So you want to think about the cadence and how things are going to be hitting uh, the different donors that you're talking to. So one of the best ways to do that is just to have an in-house date on the column where that particular event is going to take place and mailings when we go for those, go out for those particular events or for mailings that you have scheduled and just look at them and see if there's a two or three week gap between each of the things that you're doing at the, at the minimum and just make sure that you have the ability to have a pace that's uh, digestible for your for your donors if they don't feel like they're getting too much stuff all at once. Fourth, you want to ask yourself what are the stories I want to tell about our organization and the impact uh, we desire to make. So you want to be able to schedule interviews with participants and this may take time depending on how big your organization is or how difficult it is to actually get in front of uh, particular people that you're helping or the cause that you're trying to, to, to do. You'll want to make sure you have time to actually get these stories uh, then get them written up and then get them out the door. Uh, I've seen where we've had worked with nonprofits where we do an interview and then for some reason we can't use the interview and then we need more time to go get another interview. So you want to make sure that you have enough time to get an interview for your newsletter or appeal letter or whatever you're using it for uh, during the fall fundraising season. Plenty of time in case something goes wrong that you can step in with a second interview, which means that you might actually consider doing more interviews than what you actually need so that if something happens with going to the interview ease, you have have a backup. Fifth, what new technology can I deploy to connect with donors in a fresh or inexpensive way? Can I try Facebook ads, uh, text to giving, or other digital fundraising products? Uh, can I do some new marketing? Should I try radio or digital billboards this year? What are the other ways that I can do that I've not tried? Now, you don't want to try everything all at once, but maybe there's some things that you haven't done before that you might want to consider doing. So for instance, if you're doing a new acquisition letter that where you're sending out thousands of pieces of mail or a new event, make sure that you're thinking about the marketing and also uh, maybe it would be billboards or radio or Facebook ads to lift up that uh, event or that direct mail so people see your story not only in their mailbox but also on Facebook or somewhere else and you increase your odds of them not only opening your piece of mail but actually reading it understanding what you're trying to say because they heard something on the radio and then giving because they again they saw something maybe on Facebook or they met somebody or something happened to where they're getting that extra touch so the more touches that we can have throughout the fall fundraising season the more options people have to give the likelihood they'll give more or more often is going to continue to go up 
Finally, you want to have an appreciation plan in place to receive donations and thank donors promptly. So if you're doing something digitally, make sure that you have a, a really quick email that goes out because somebody gave. If you're doing something through uh, direct mail or in print, make sure that you have a follow-up thank you letter that's all already written. And you may have to have multiple um, thank you letters depending on how many direct mail pieces or segments that you're using. But you want to make sure that these thank you letters go out within about 48 uh, hours within two to three days after you receive their uh, gift to make sure that you you don't just cash the check and then later on they find out that you cash the check but you actually say thank say thank you and a lot of donors uh, may not notice that difference but many do and a lot of donors will experiment with organizations to find out how they are treated when they give or don't give or when they give and whether or not you are prompt in your thank you so make sure you're prompt and so make sure you have an appreciation plan in place so when we think about our fall fundraising fall fundraising we want to make sure that we do it without regret or stress and so those are there are three things that you want to think about and it's that car c-a-r the c in our car is about all about cultivation a in our car is about acquiring new donors and that r is about rescuing lapsed donors so when we think about cultivation we want to make sure that we ask the question how do i share the value of a donor's giving with them i can send a thank you i can call them maybe do a phone call to them, shoot an email, send a text. And these are all the different thank you or appreciation steps I can make. But we also want to think about, again, about that cadence and how often I'm sharing with them uh, how their donation is giving, is uh, helping our organization. And then also if they give again, what the impact will make. And then if we think about the A in our car, which is acquiring new donors, how do I make a low risk offer to a potential donor that has that has a big value. How do I share the impact of my nonprofit in a fun, effective, and memorable, memorable way? So I want to make sure that if I'm doing events, they're very engaging. If I'm doing Facebook ads, those are memorable, engaging as well. And whatever I do, I'd encourage new people to attend events or to respond to Facebook ads or other marketing things that I do. And so I want to get board members, staff members, other people to share all the things that we're doing so they can connect people to our organization as well. The R in our car is about rescuing lapsed donors. How do we get a donor who has not given in 18 or 36 months again? Should I call them or invite them to an event? Maybe I have a special direct mail letter or, or I segment it differently. So I have a first paragraph that's a little bit different, just referring to the fact that we really appreciate them being part of what we're doing and just let them know that their gift is continuing to make a difference. So as you decide on your car, that uh, cultivation, acquiring new donors and rescuing lapsed donors, You'll have to decide what resources you have, the pace of those resources, do you have the creativity to pull this off? And what that all means is that we're in July right now, and if you think of July, August, and then September that you're planning or developing things, so that you have something out to your donors in late September, early October, you need to start now. If you don't start now, every week you wait, it limits the amount of things that you can do, the limits the amount of creativity, and increases the odds in January that when you finish this fall fundraising season that you'll your result will be a little bit more stressed than you wanted and that there'll be regret that you didn't do as much as you had hoped. So we really encourage you to think about planning this fall fundraising season. And if you would like help with that fall fundraising, consider calling us or emailing us or visit us on boldleading.com. We'd love to be a part of your fall fundraising plan. Today on our Bold Leading podcast, we explored ways for an organization to plan for and make the most of the fall fundraising. 
Don't get to January with regret or too much stress. Take time to plan now and we can help. I'm Dave Senna from Bold Leading. This is your Bold Leading Podcast. We know life for nonprofits can sometimes get complicated and confusing. When you need a trusted friend to help you fundraise or grow your nonprofit without fear or panic, Bold Leading is here for you. Visit us at bolding.com today or sign up for our No Shame Strategy Call, where we help you connect with donors and grow your nonprofit.